Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You know, this morning you're going to hear me use the word calling and call a lot interchangeably. Oftentimes we relate calling with ministry. But calling is not only ministry. There are so many things that God has called you and I to as Christians. Are you with me? And I want to define your calling or your call or what it is that God has called you this morning as that place or position where God's grace and provision. Let me start again. That place or position where God's grace and provision is sufficiently made available for you to prosper. Are you with me? Your calling or what God has called you to or whatever it is that God has called you to is a place of position where the grace and the provision of God is made available to you, is sufficiently made available for you to prosper and to be filled. It could either be for God, for man, or for your own personal benefits. So one of the things that God might have called you to is something that should benefit you. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? And there are several things that God has called us to. Is that okay? So understand that, so for example, a woman that is married, it is your calling to be in that marriage. Because the grace of God and the provision of God is sufficiently made available for you to prosper in it. I, 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 does, does that lay a foundation? Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. So this is one of the callings that Jesus has given to us. He says, he did not say that you can be the salt. He did not say that you might be or you need to walk to be this, to being the salt of the earth. Jesus Christ said it emphatically. It was a statement. It was a statement of spiritual facts that you are the salt of the earth. Right? And salt naturally are relevant things. They are, salt is interesting. It is considered cheap because if you go to Asda, you can still get salt for less than one pound. Are you with me? It is considered to be one of the most stable compounds in this world, right? Because it doesn't change. If you leave salt, it's going to be like that for a long time. It's very, very stable. And Jesus Christ said, you are the salt. People might, not, people might consider you as just ordinary beings. People might look at you and think that you are cheap. People might look at you and say, oh, just you. You know, I don't know what people might have told you before today. They might have told you that your nose is too big. You're not beautiful enough. They might have talked about your accents like they do about mine. They might have tried to correct you when you're talking. Right? But the reality of it is, Jesus said, you are relevant. You are extremely relevant to this earth. That's what that scripture means. That you are the salt of this earth. No matter how cheap salt is, we cannot do without it. Is that correct? We cannot do without it. Yeah. Because when you use not and without, <laughs> I have to be sure I've said right. You cannot do without salt. Regardless of how cheap it is. Regardless of, you can't do without it. It's so relevant. Every day in your cooking and everything that you do, it's so relevant. Jesus Christ is saying that, church, as long as you're a Christian, you're his child, you are meant to be relevant. 
Tap your neighbor for me. Tap that person hard and tell that person you are relevant. You are relevant in this earth. You are not a mistake. You are not something that is just passing by. You are not ordinary. You are not a pushover. Anyone that pushes over pushes you over to your own to their own detriment. If you get home now, I dare you to go and throw all the salt at home off. You buy another one. <laughs> Even if the doctor has told you that you should not eat salt, you still have salt at home. <laughs> That's how relevant you are. You are relevant. But give me that scripture again. But the other side of that scripture also makes us to realize that you can lose that relevance. Because it says, if a salt loses its saltiness, wherewithal shall it be salted again? You are extremely relevant. In your family, you are relevant. In your workplace, God placed you there because you are relevant. All the opportunities that you are getting, it is because God wants you to be relevant. You come out every day and share testimonies they are things that are meant to make you relevant, but you can lose them. That's why someone will go to the altar, happy, wow, God is making me relevant in this home. And 10, 20 years down the line, they're counting and they are saying something different. But that not be our own portion. But that not be our own portion. Let me tap your neighbor hard. They have to hear. She know, wait, 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 wait. For the sake of camera. I asked you before I started that, can I be myself? I said yes. Yeah? Wait, let me ask now. Is there anybody that said I cannot be myself? Raise up your hand. Nobody. Good. All right. Starting with R. Right? Pull your neighbor's A and say you are relevant. Because if that person is not hearing, it's your fault. You want to put my hair? <laughs> Amen. No, but that's the reality of it. But you must also tell that person that, hey, be careful, you can lose it. You can lose your relevance. And the danger of losing your relevance, God forbid, is the rejection that people suffer. That scripture says it. That if a salt loses its saltiness, wherewithal shall it be salted again? That it is better for it to be thrown out. Thrown out rejection and then trodden under feet. We say it every morning. I will not be ruled. I will rule and not be ruled. But hey, when you lose your relevance, you can be ruled. When you lose your relevance, you can be ruled. If you want to know, go and ask an ex-champion. Someone who was a champion before that I've lost the title. Go and find out the pain that they go through. Every time, anything, go and ask the devil. Why do you think that the devil is tempting everybody? Because every time you're doing something nice to God, it reminds him of what he has lost. You are relevant. And you will not lose yours. So this morning, I want to talk to us about Staying relevant. Tell your neighbor, stay relevant. You must stay relevant. Matthew chapter 14, 
34 to 36. Matthew 14, 34 to 36. An interesting scripture. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing as good as looking at the life of Jesus and picking cues from it. Because Jesus, everything that Jesus Christ did, the things that he said, where he went to, the thing he did, how it happened, what occurred there, they were teachings for us to live our lives by. From which we can find principles to live our life by. Matthew chapter 14, 13 to 36, just three scriptures. And when they had gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place took knowledge of him, they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were deceased and besought him that he might only touch the, that they might only touch the hem of his garment and as many as touched were perfectly made whole. This is Jesus Christ entering a land that he has not entered before. That scripture says that immediately he entered and the people in that land knew that he's entered and they took knowledge of him. They got to know the kind of person that he was. Listen, they were the ones that did the publicity. That is being relevant. And we're going to look at just four things quickly from that scripture of things that you must pay attention to that you cannot ignore. There are things that you must leave this place by. You must leave this place and have a meeting with yourself to actually understand and do something about. Babajide put a video on his um, Instagram, um, a Pastor Chris's message, talking about a child. The scripture says, when I was a child, I thought like a, no, I spoke like a child. I understood like, I understood like a child. Then I, then I acted like a child, right? What you should do, actually, is the other way around as adults. You must, you must think, understand, then speak. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. The same thing this morning, you must hear, understand. The understanding is down to you. Are you with me? Remember when we were talking about it last time? That A, you must take knowledge, right? Then understand it first before wisdom can prosper. Are you with me? So, number one thing that you need to understand, Jesus Christ came to this place and people took knowledge of him. What are you bringing to life? What are you bringing on the table? What offering are you, what are you offering? If somebody should talk about you when you're not there, Richard, what will they be saying? What do people see about you? What's your value proposition? All of us have to think about it. Because except you know who you are and what you are capable of doing, you are doing somebody else's job. Oftentimes, what happens is this. Kunle is playing piano, and then that inspires you. I'm like, oh, I can play piano too. No, no, no. You need to look inward rather than outwardly. When you look at the mirror, what do you see? Do you see the picture of somebody else, or do you see what you can do? 
except you pay attention to what is inside of you, to what you are able to do, to the qualities that you have. Listen, that quality might be the slightest of all qualities, but it might be like soft. Paul was writing regarding the body, as he was talking to us about the, the, the church as the body of Christ. And I went ahead, he says, those things that appear to be um, of low value are actually the ones that carry the biggest. But oftentimes in church like this, you know, somebody wants to be the preacher. Somebody, everybody wants to be the usher. Everybody wants to be the, no, no, no. It might just be that person that opens the door that God, or God recognizes the most. Are you with me? So you must know what is inside of you. What is your value proposition? What is it that makes you special? What is it that makes you different from everybody else? What makes you different from everybody else? You have to know. In your workplace, what stands you out? In your family, what is it that they cannot do without you on? There's something. God made you special. Are you with me? There's no two people in this world that is the same. No two people. Even identical twins are not identical after all. So you are special. There's something that God has made, has deposited in you that the earth needs. That's why you are the salt of the earth. You need to recognize it. When you don't know it, you are running somebody else's race. I'm telling you, you are running somebody else's race. And if, if you're running somebody else's race, the best you will be is second. You know why? It's not your calling. Remember what I said about calling? That person is the one that is giving the grace and the provision sufficiently to make something and to prosper out of it. You are not giving it. That is why in Christianity, as children of God, you cannot be competing. You cannot be envious. Because every time you are doing that, you are already running somebody else's race. What is it that is in you? Your timing, your purpose, your calling is different from the next person. You have to discover it. Thank God in Sunday school this morning, they were talking to us about revelation. And you have to have that revelation yourself. Nobody would. That's why you will leave this place and you do a meeting with yourself and God. Do I get an amen? In your relationship with God, what is that one thing? This one is amazing. You know, even though I cannot, I can sing. Don't think I can sing. Just that I cannot sing publicly. No, not that I don't sing publicly. You know? I do more than my shower. I do the bathroom. <laughs> now, when you look at the way the choir ministered this morning, right? Everybody played their distinctive tunes, but melodiously together. That was why it made a beautiful music. The same way it is, all of us, even as a church seated here, each and every one of us has different qualities, distinct, that we bring together to make a service unto God. In your workplace, they didn't employ two of you that has the same ability. In your family, not two of you have the same complete ability. There's something that you are meant to bring on the table. That's why you are being relegated. There's something you are meant to bring on the table. Something that you are the best in it. In your worship to God, in your service to God, what is it that if God is looking for one person in this church to do it for me, it is you they will call. You need to know. I've said that several times. You need to know. 
You need to know. It's that's what you can be faithful in. What is it that you are faithful in? Proverbs 28 verse 20 says, a faithful man will abound with blessing. You know, there are so many of us, our faithfulness, what we seem faithfulness is based on, oh, that person can do it, then I can do it too. No, 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 no. What is that thing that, hey, no matter what God will meet you there? What is it? What is that thing that, hey, you don't need anybody to prompt you on? When you look at the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1, there was a woman there. Jesus has not come. But since time, she has been praying for the day that Jesus Christ was going to be born. That's faithfulness. Jesus, she was not in prayer department. But every day she was praying. The day Jesus Christ came, he said, now my house, I've seen the salvation of the Lord. She was ready to go to the grave. God only needed, maybe so when Revelation 12 was happening, maybe that was the woman that was interceding for the birth of Jesus. There's something everybody has to do. You need to find it. You must look inward to know what you can do. Not what I'm reading, not what you see others do. Never look at yourself in the mirrors of others. You will always be a second. Amen. Number two in that scripture, very crucial. Very crucial. And this was why I said I wasn't happy on Friday when we were having a discussion in church. You must understand that you cannot fulfill everything that God wants you to, to, to fulfill. Hence, God puts people around you who are like your champions. Whether you know it or you don't know it, they are there. Whether you are conscious of it or not conscious of it, they are there. God always puts people around you who are your champions. I'm not talking about all those people that just celebrate you for nothing. It's not an emotional calling. God calls people to people. I hope you know that. In fact, there's no isolated calling. Every of our calling is out somebody else. Right? So there are people that God calls to you to ensure that no matter what happens, you prosper. And it is also possible that if you don't know, and if you don't know how to relate with such, what will happen is they will not be able to fulfill their purpose in your life and you become irrelevant. Jesus Christ got to a nation or a city that he does not know anyone. Right? His disciples were not the ones who, who, who went about. It was the people of that city. Every city you get to, you have somebody that God has already prepared. The day you went to your husband's family, there's somebody in that family that God has prepared for you to be on your side. Right? The day that you, get, you got to that job, to that workplace, there's somebody that God has already prepared in that workplace. It has to be a citizen of that city. Every one of us have it. It is not an emotional one. It is not, oh, ah, that person just likes me, or ah, because, oh, we are boyfriend, girlfriend, or because my husband. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that are called to you, not because they're getting anything from you. They just, and listen, what they call to 
is to the vision, to the things and what God wants to achieve in your life, not you as a person. They committed to that course more than they committed to you. So at times when you are slowing down, that's why they kick you at the backside. Because if it's about you, they will want to empathize. Who are your champions? Let me give you a few qualities. I said this. I said they are excited. These are people that are excited to celebrate your strength rather than your weaknesses. Why they do that, I really don't know. I feel at times God just makes them oblivious to it. So they don't even see your weaknesses at all. Your weaknesses to them is irrelevant. The little that you can do is what excites them. Are you, are you with me? And to make it, the other side of it as well is that when God now opens their eyes to see one little weakness that you see, that they don't see it as a weakness that's going to pull you down. They see it as, oh, come on, you need to do this. And they will do everything. You know why? Because they are committed to the purpose for which God has called you to. They will do everything to ensure that you get rid of that weakness or you mitigate against it. Are you with me? These are people who are your champions. They believe in who you are, the gift that you have, and the calling of God upon your life. They believe in it. They are willing to champion your cause even at their own cost and expenses. Jesus Christ did not speak with them. The Bible says they took knowledge of Jesus Christ and they went about telling everybody about Jesus, bringing all. The, without them, Jesus would not have fulfilled any purpose against us, right? I said they don't know when to stop. They are ardent promoters of you. The amazing thing about it is this. Your champ, the fulfillment of your champion's purposes are also tied to your, own, to, their, to your own purpose. Does that make sense? I'll give you an example. So there's this person that came to see me last week. And while we're talking, while we're talking, you know, and it's somebody, she's not in church, it's somebody that, oh, I've, I just took an interest in. You know, at the point, the person just looked at me and said, why do you do this thing to me? I said, because I'm called to you, and I know I'm called to that person. Are you with me? Whether you, she, she likes it or not, she will serve Jesus. Whether she likes it or not. I know that there are people that are called to me in this church. It's not a matter of, oh, I know all of you, you are members of this church, you are amazing children, I love all of you. That's the truth. But you know the truth? I know there are people that are called to me in this church. And guess what? I know some, I might not know some. It doesn't mean that they are not called. Does, does it make sense? You have to pay attention to things like this. Think about the life of Jonathan and David. Jonathan was called to David. This was David's, uh, Jonathan's kingdom. Jonathan ideally was meant to be the heir to the throne. But guess what? The fulfillment of Jonathan's calling was inside David's fulfillment. So when David was doing all those things to promote David and to ensure that David succeeds and everything, any normal person would have thought that you are not okay. 
I said in my notes, everyone is called to a person or a people. All of us, as we are now, you are called to somebody or to a people. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. When you want to feel that, oh, you are not called someone, it is pride. You are called, listen, you are called to do everything within your ability to make somebody succeed. Yes. Never forget that. Did you get that right? Maybe the person you are called to is actually the one that's seated next to you. Look at the person's face very well. Maybe it's everybody seated in your row. Maybe you are called to everyone in this church. Are you with me? If you don't do that, guess what? You have already become irrelevant. You know, there are people that all they could see is for their own benefits. You are called somebody. See, tap your neighbor and tell that person you are called somebody. You are meant to promote someone. Huh? I don't know whether I'm communicating with us this morning very well. You are meant to communicate. You are meant to. Oh God. You are meant to be the salt in somebody's life. Without you, that person's life cannot be tasty. You need to understand it. If you cannot fulfill that, we'd rather just throw you out, out there. You are meant to be the salt in somebody's life. And if you lose that saltiness, where with us shall you be salted again? You should allow your champions into your life to flow freely and to do what they have to do. Don't hold them back. You know, it's not humility. When somebody wants to help you, right? And you think you're humble, no, 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 no. I fall short of that too. And I start allowing. If you want to help me, I will allow you to help me fully as much as you can help me. Maybe you are my champion. Because I thought it was humility that you want to help me. I don't worry, I don't like stressing you. Let me stress you. Because your champions don't feel the stress. I'm called to this woman. It doesn't cost me anything to do anything for her. One thing that you must be careful of, or I'll be it, is that publicity is not the same thing as what your champions do. Right? Because publicity promotes the person, but your champions promote what? The cause, what God has called you to. They, call, they want you to fulfill your purpose. Because if I need somebody to promote the person, you can hire a digital marketing person, expert. Someone that's called to you is not worried about you as a person. They just want you to deliver what God has, you know, to give birth. Your, the person that's called to you is like a midwife that is called to ensure that you give birth to what God has placed inside of you. Imagine when you get to the hospital, I don't recognize who your midwives are. Right? And you are going to the security man. Or to the doctors because they look good, you think they know. 
What the midwives know, the doctor don't know them. Amen. The second thing, is it about time to play the instrument? Okay, I will rush this. The second, the third thing that you need to understand, this is very crucial. For you to stay relevant, you must learn to create value. Everything that God gives you is for you to add to, to bring value out of it. So, Mel and Deji, God brought the two of you together as Mr. and Mrs. Bakare to make something. So you guys have to now add or make something out of your marriage. God gives the raw materials, you make the products. It is the product that you make that people desire, that people want. Are you with me? It's the product that you make that keeps you relevant. Bible says that God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Right? Is that okay, church? It is not everything that you get that is for your own consumption or that is for your consumption only. You are meant to make something out of it. That opportunity that you have, what are you making out of it? You know, value is always created when a solution is found or promulgated. Every time you make yourself a solution to something or somebody's problem or a problem in the society, you have created value. Jesus Christ got to that village. Guess what? A lot of people are needed help. There was no hospital. There were so many people who were sick. But when Jesus Christ, and when those people were, see, that's what it says, they took knowledge of him. Do what they took knowledge of? The value that the guy carries. That this guy is able to heal them. Guess what? They, they came to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, you know what? Let these people just come and touch the helm of your garment. You must be a solution. To a, a, a few years ago, I was privileged to shuttle China a few times. And it got to a point that I realized that there's no product in this world I cannot create. And that's the truth. As I today, there's no product I cannot create. Right? Get me the product, I will create it. But I don't want to go and create somebody else's product because I'll be second. So I started asking anybody, is there a problem? Give me, I was looking for problems. Because if you find a problem, the solution is just next door. The biggest issue about life is that we don't know how to find problems. If you can find a problem, you can get a solution to it. That's why we are children of God, that's why we're the salt of this earth. So every time somebody's complaining around you, what do you do? Solve their problem. You have added value. You've made yourself relevant. You know, some of us don't like people that complain around us. Who doesn't? Yeah, that's why you're not relevant. No, when people complain around you, it's an opportunity for you to be Jesus. It's an opportunity for you to be relevant. Because if I solve your problem today, right, and I make that solution visible, what happens? You will go and tell 20 other people who have the same problem, and they will come to me. Then I stay relevant. But when you are complaining, or when, you, when I realize that you have an issue, and I move the other way around, you have made yourself irrelevant. Have I made sense this morning? 
And the last thing that is there is that always deliver on your promise. What you say you will do, do it. When they brought Jesus Christ, Bible says, when they brought those people to Jesus Christ, he said everyone that he touched was healed. Don't claim to have a value that you don't have. Don't say that you can offer solutions that you can't deliver on. Shall we bow down our head and just talk to God this morning? I say, Lord, make me stay relevant. The people that you placed around me who are meant to be my champions, why not talk to God that God should open your eyes this morning, that you start seeing them as they are, so that you start nurturing that relationship. You start allowing them into your life, letting them have a free flow in your life. Why not talk to God this morning about it? Because at times, the experiences of the past that we've had is what is keeping us from allowing people into our lives. Why not talk to God this morning and say, Lord, let me understand that thing that's in me that the world needs. Why not talk to God this morning and say, God, please, let me not become like the salt that has lost the saltiness. Keep me fit for purpose. And finally this morning, why not talk to God? This is the biggest one. That Lord, bring people across my way who have issues that I can resolve. Let problems come to my workplace that only me can resolve. Make me a solution giver. That's what makes you relevant. That Lord, let me start seeing problems as, as opportunities. Problems don't kill us, it gives us opportunities. Talk to God this morning. Talk to God this morning, child. Talk to God, make sure He's hearing you.